0: What's up guys, welcome back to another episode of THB strength today. We are going to be talking about nutrition and specifically Isaiah's nutrition. It seems like a lot of you guys are interested in what Isaiah does probably because he jumps much higher than, you know, 99.999999 repeating percent of the population. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and just give you guys some insight into what he eats, how he eats hunter loves this stuff. And he's really good at it. And if you guys listen to the nutrition Q and A, you definitely uh, heard him speak about it a bit. I also am pretty well versed in it. I wouldn't say I'm at Hunter's level. I haven't read as much research or as many textbooks, but I've taken a number of sports nutrition classes and nutrition classes in my undergrad and in my graduate degree, as along with also doing continuing education. So, am <coughs> I an R uh, registered dietitian? No, but have I uh, used anecdotal evidence along with the research evidence to come to the same conclusions yes i think that if you're a good practitioner you should one other piece on this recently we made an affiliate with or agreed to an affiliate uh, i guess contract is maybe the best word with legion athletics so we're really excited about that if you guys are are interested in picking up supplements our contract starts i believe the first of november i think we can discuss this now And, um, you guys are welcome to click the link. I believe it's 10% Hunter. Is that correct?
1: If it's your first order, you'll get 20% off and then they have a reward program where if you use our code after that, you get two X points and those rack up pretty quickly. So
0: yeah. And we're really going to be using this to help us go to the next level. And I know a lot of you guys have asked about supplements. You've asked about what we recommend, who we recommend. And, um, I've talked with Hunter, you know, a good bit about what his recommendations are and, and you know, he hand selected or hand picked Legion as, as the people that we wanted to pair with. And if you guys know anything about me, you know, that I am incredibly diligent about who I'm willing to, uh, pair myself with who I'm willing to endorse. And, uh, that should say a lot. So that all being said, we'll kind of jump into it here. Um, Isaiah, I guess, first off, let's, let's talk about, <laughs> I said, what is your current diet like? What has it been like over the last? Um, So the past,
2: is that better? Is that better right there? All right. So the past two years, um, there's been one staple food in there. It's been a bowl of cereal every morning. Um, maybe two or three bowls of cereal. Uh, they're not very healthy cereals. It'll usually be like something like cinnamon toast crunch or something like that. Um, a go-to is Honey Bunches of Oats as well Which I don't think Delicious. is as bad Yeah super super <laughs> good um, So there usually be two or three bowls Of cereal um, Now when I'm eating Like when I'm Into cooking and in that in that type of thing Usually I'll eat leftovers for lunch Or, or a sandwich um, What I always cook is Pasta with ground beef um, And then Again when it's super good it's not like this currently but when it's really good i'm also eating um like an entire bag of the mixed frozen <laughs> vegetables um per day so um and then maybe maybe i'll go out to like mcdonald's for lunch as well so typical cereal mcdonald's for lunch pasta with ground beef um for dinner and then mixed vegetables um how it's been the past two months is just Eating out a lot is
0: kind of bad. Like it'll be bowl cereal in the morning, and then Wendy's for lunch. Then... <laughs> I was gonna say there are better options for eating out. It's just Isaiah isn't making those better. Like he's not yeah. making the good decision on. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll
2: hit up the th- I'll hit up the taco truck for dinner. Okay, listen. I... <laughs> Actually, I'll
0: say this. No, 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 no. Hear me out. Hear me out. I will say, out of all of the, you know, different types of foods that I eat, I do feel like, you know, when you when you kind of go into Uh, like, you know, Mexican food, you can, or tacos or whatever else, like you can get pretty good micronutrient profiles out of that. If you're eating things like, so you pick a, like a, like a taco, get corn tortilla, yeah. you get yourself no, this, is,
2: this is an authentic mexican taco truck like I'm yes getting vegetables that's what i'm in talking there. about like
0: cut a, yeah hunter hear me out before before you uh view this as slander like like it's not taco <laughs> bell although i do eat a lot of tacos <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't <laughs> considering taco bell but i'm saying if you get good tacos if i get high quality chicken and i put that in a crock pot with this salsa from whole foods and you know i put it in for maybe i use the pressure cooker for 20 minutes or I put it on a slow, slow cook with a crock pot, use some taco seasoning. Then I come out with this shredded chicken. I can get a ton of protein that way. And then on top of that, I can add, let's say it's pico de gallo. Pico de gallo is relatively low sodium intake when you just added a bunch of taco seasoning to your and salsa to your chicken. But you have the benefit of the micronutrients from things like, I mean, not that these have crazy high micronutrient profiles, but you have peppers in there, you know, a variety of peppers in there. You could at least, you might have tomatoes, you have cucumbers, you have, uh, some onions. of this variety in these vegetables, onions, onions, yeah, as well, onions, obviously. Uh, so you have all of these vegetables kind of mixed together. You put that on your corn tortilla, which corn tortilla is not terrible. Um, you know, I think a flour tortilla is pretty high calorie corn tortillas. I think a little bit less, you know, if you put it in some olive oil or something like that to soften it up so you can fold it, you get some good fats in there, throw some guacamole on, on there. Now you've got a good fat in the way of olive oil and you've got avocado. So you're mixing all these things together. It's not as bad as I think what people make it out to be. I actually think in terms of the uh, micronutrient profile and your macronutrient profile, it's a pretty decent balance. You've got carbohydrates, you've got good fats, you've got protein in there for a whole meal. I think it's, pretty good, all things considered. So that's kind of my, like, I actually don't think that's the worst. Now, if you're going to like Taco Bell, you're getting the lowest grade beef with the lowest grade chicken. That's basically just like in a giant cage where the birds eat each other when they get hungry and eat their own poop. And then they, then you cut up the chickens and then that's what you eat at Taco Bell. Like (laughs) not the best option pumped with hormones. Uh, so really low grade, low quality food, but you know, it tastes great. So you know, you got pick and choose, (laughs) you might feel Mm -hmm. like trash, but Hunter, what are your thoughts on what I just said there about the good, a good, good option. If you're getting this, let's say from whole foods or something like that for, for that. Yeah.
1: So, uh, just going to start off with a pretty common misconception. And that is that, um, for a lot of meat that you eat, uh, how that animal was raised is not as indicative of the nutritional value of that animal as a lot of people would hope um, or want you to believe there was actually a really good book that was just released about regenerative agriculture. Um, you know, where the people writing the book would have loved to have shown that grass fed grass finished meat is twice as nutritious. I've as also, grain-fed. I've also heard this
0: as well yeah. about fortified and like fortified foods or whatever, like yeah. as well. So
1: go on. <laughs> so, uh, grass fed grass finished meat is going to be healthier. Is it going to be substantially healthier? Uh, probably not based on, you know, what I've read, but I do think that, um, the fattier the cut, the healthier the animal you would prefer it to be because a lot of the, well, just in general, a lot of vitamins, uh, in particular D, E, A, and K, are fat soluble. So those get stored in the fat cells. And then a lot of uh, toxins, if you come across them, do get stored in your fat cells. And so if you're going to have a particularly fatty cut of meat, it probably makes sense if you can afford it to get um, a healthier animal. Now, chicken breasts, which are just 99.9% uh, like non fat, right? Lean. Uh, It's not going to matter as much. Now, I'm not like condoning um, poor practices in animal husbandry or anything like that, but I just want to get people out there. I just don't know what the word condone means. It means he doesn't agree. Yeah. So, (laughs) like, I don't want you to feel bad when you go to the grocery store or anything like that. I'm not trying to, you know, make you feel bad about your choices uh, or anything like that. But anyway, so to start from the top, um, I think for a lot of basketball players out there, athletes, what they really struggle with is getting in enough calories. And so I think uh, first and foremost is going to be looking at the diet and trying to get a sense of how many calories they burn on a daily basis and then how many they're eating. Are they under or over? And you only get a sense of that by tracking your calories and weighing yourself every morning and really get a sense of the calories I'm eating today. If I eat that every day for two or three weeks, what does my weight do? Does it go up, does it go down, or does it stay the same? And then from there, we can start to titrate your options. And so ideally, we would begin to substitute, let's say you're weight stable and you're eating 3,000 calories a day. Um, Ideally, we can start looking at the diet and saying, okay, like what are the foods that you don't love? And let's start seeing what those recurring foods are and let's start substituting those with whole foods that are micronutrient rich and offer more bang for your buck when it comes to calories. From there, we slowly start peeling back the onion, try to see how much healthy food we can substitute in that diet. Uh, But really the last thing that I would ever want to do to an athlete is take their 3000 calories a day and those 3,000 calories, they really do need to recover and perform well and say, no more bad food, only healthy food. And now they're eating 1,600, 1,700 calories a day because they don't really like anything and they feel obligated. And then in two weeks, they're just going to be back to where they were. So um, ideally, it would be evaluating Isaiah's diet as a whole and then seeing what are the low-hanging fruit, so to speak, that we can uh, begin substituting and, and build from there. It's probably a yeah. lot
0: of low hanging fruit. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is a lot, it's super cliche, but it's definitely true. And something that's super applicable. I think anytime you're working with any athlete and you're really trying to optimize performance is like, yeah, where, where is the low hanging fruit? Where are the, the things that are super easy, <laughs> that like big rocks? I love when Hunter says that cause it's so, so applicable. What are the things that we can do that are easy? big rocks and are going to make a big difference. And the same thing's true for coaching in terms of training, right? If I have someone that has never squatted before, that's uh, it's low hanging fruit, big rock, going to make a big difference. Something super easy, jump technique. You got a small penultimate step, easy, something super simple. I can change in one session, going to make a big difference. That's the first place I'm going to start. So with, with diet, uh, and all the things that Hunter just said, and, and now knowing a little bit about Isaiah's diet what, uh, what's the first thing you're going to tell him to, to do on this progression to getting him to eat better <laughs> yeah, so. and, and
1: hopefully improve performance. So I think the first thing that I'd look at is sodas. I don't think sodas offer really anything except for empty calories. And so if you don't love sodas, I don't, I don't drink soda. Okay, perfect. So sodas no are soda. out. Um, then I'd begin to look at What about, what about alcohol? So that's tough, right? Because if I were to tell you <laughs> no alcohol, you're just going to drink and not tell me about it. You know, it's like, the, it's like the collegiate athletic program where the trainer says you can never do curls only to find out three weeks later that the entire team has been going to the rec center and just blasting their arms every Friday afternoon because the strength and conditioning coach wouldn't allow it. So it's, it's yeah. you know, getting a compliance level that we can be honest with one another. So I would say it's probably smart to limit your alcohol intake, um, especially the day before any event uh, where you have to perform physically or mentally at your highest level. Uh, it's been shown multiple times that sleeping while intoxicated um, severely impairs the sleep and so um, if we can get an understanding of that and begin to cut back the recovery yeah i mean but at the
2: probably gets fucked.
1: yeah but at the end of the day like you know i wouldn't expect anyone (laughs) to permanently give up alcohol just because i said so um it goes back to like what's the perfect diet i get asked all the time there's no such thing for you i mean like what if there was a perfect diet what's the chance you'd actually follow it you know Um, but then I'd start to look at where are you getting, uh, bad sources of fat, like fat that releases pro-inflammatory, uh, molecules in your body once consumed, because ideally we could begin to replace the unhealthy fats with healthier fats. Uh, but you're young right now. So I don't think an excessive amount of carbohydrate intake is a problem. You seem to be weight stable. You actually need carbs for the type of performance, uh, that you do. So I think it would be making sure that you're getting enough protein and then slowly starting to substitute some of that unhealthy fat for healthy fat. And then hopefully in the course of two, three, four months, we look back and, you know, your diet basically looks like you just picked a bunch of whole foods out and, um, you're not eating anything that's really quote unquote processed. You're eating the ingredients of processed food. You're not actually eating the processed food itself. So, um, that would be the goal. And uh, typically, people hit that stage some point in their career. If you look at a bunch of those NBA players, they typically go to 26, 27 before all of a sudden they start to realize, like, whoa, like, I can't, I don't recover quite the same. And then they start eating healthy, they start getting enough sleep, and all of a sudden they make it 82 games and they're able to finish in the fourth quarter. And they just feel better and they recover faster. Um, and so it's just mm-hmm. my job is to be there for the athletes when they're ready. Um, because if I just impose, my will upon them they're just gonna they're just gonna like pull away and that's the last thing i want yeah i want to well, have your will imposed on
2: me <laughs> <laughs> you will only eat baked potato, bro dead ass like because like my biggest struggle is just like sticking with something like not having a plan basically mm-hmm. so Dude, having a plan. john john everyone has, got a plan john has ex- get hit in the mouth john has experienced this with me as far as training like i can and eating <laughs> i will do i will do the training like if it's on team builder on the app i will follow it to a t but as soon as like we go a week of like like we like neglect writing my training or something like that i'll go dunk for three hours and like do the shittiest training and stuff and it's just because like th- it's not a plan that's like written out i don't know i don't necessarily know what to follow and it goes for me like now let's say john like doesn't program me for a week i'll go in there and like program it for myself because i know if it's not written <laughs> yeah. and in like a set order and stuff like i won't do it and i think that's why i struggle with diet so much is because like i don't have a set like like a a plan that i have that i'm following it's just kind of just random like it's like if i'm I'm hungry i'm gonna go do the easiest thing which is go eat out and like not cook but if if it was like like i will dead ass if you told me to eat like two big potatoes for breakfast lunch and dinner like like i wouldn't give a shit like I eat pasta every day for like two months. Yeah, yeah and that's Isaiah, it.
0: Uh, when it comes to compliance, he's good if you tell him exactly what to do. I do feel like, you know, the first question you get when people are like, oh, the easiest thing is just give me a nutrition plan. <laughs> and it's like, well, there's a lot of logistics that go into that. And also there's some things ethically that go into that too. Um, so that's always tough. 100, I don't know what your thoughts have been on that and what your lens is, but I'm always like, mm. I'll give you recommendations as far as like how many grams of protein to take in, how many grams of carbohydrates, how many grams of fat. But I'm not gonna tell you what to eat. I will tell you to eat whole foods. You know, I'll, I'll maybe send you some recipes even. But I'm not gonna. I'm not going to do the nitty gritty of that. Uh, just because I think it's this, it's this gray area and it, it's muddy water. And I don't think that it's wise to always do. Um, but I don't. And I don't even know if you can do that. I don't even know if you're allowed to do that technically, is to tell people what to eat specifically. Uh, but Dude, you need you to you can be a like nutritionist or whatever. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I think you need to actually need an RD to do that.
1: Yeah. I mean. Just in general, though, what I'd prefer is to instill healthy habits because there's no athlete that'll be with their coach forever. And at some point when they're ready to go off on their own, I would love it if I have helped instill um, a behavior around eating that is conducive to long-term compliance. I don't want to Mm -hmm. give them a cookie cutter program that the second they stop working with us, they revert back to their unhealthy habits. So for me, I got really Te- into teach health. Amanda fish. Yeah, exactly. So I got really into health when I was probably like twenty-one, and I, you know, I haven't really fallen off that twenty-one. At twenty-one. So I haven't really fallen off that <laughs> since. And so now, like, I've gotten to the point where when I look at unhealthy food that I used to crave when I looked at and know that I couldn't eat it, now I don't crave it. Um, like I look at that unhealthy food, and all I can see is like, I'm not going to feel good. Like I'm not going to wake up feeling refreshed like after this meal, I'm going to want to go take a nap. Whereas when you eat healthy, healthy, nutrient dense foods, you just don't feel like crap after eating. And so like that begins to change over a long enough period of time. And so my hope would be that, uh, someone that works with us leaves with very healthy habits, but also a healthy relationship with food.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think that's probably the best lens I've heard in a minute. Um, and in some ways, really, it's back to the training in terms of how I approach it. It's like, look, you need to make this a lifestyle habit. This isn't just something you do for a month. This is like, you want to be great. You've got to incorporate this into your daily life every single day for years. You know, if you want to be yeah. truly great. And I think if we look at our best athletes, the ones that I like watching, the ones that I pay attention to the most, um, you know, in, in terms of, uh, YouTube or Instagram or something like that. You know, it's my job obviously to pay attention. So I pay attention, but you know, I'll, I'll go out of my way to watch a YouTube video that Cami Colville puts together or Tucker Ayers puts together or Tom Barnes puts together because I know their compliance is like 110%. They do all of the things right in the training. Even the little things, they're super consistent. They don't miss a single day and they put out good content. So it's like, look, yeah, I, they have it right. They're doing everything that they need to do in the way of training. To make the progress and the gains that they're going to realistically make one, two, three, four months down the line, that everyone just sees in an Instagram post in 30 seconds and assumes, you know, that no, oh, they just worked with them for a month and then they got this bounce and it's forever like that. It's not like that. Like it's an ongoing thing. Um, and I think with athletes that are purely trying to jump high, it's kind of easy to see that when you start getting into compliance from guys that are doing multiple sports or basketball in season. Compliance tends to fall off and they don't do the little things right. And then they don't trust us. And then it gets really complex. Uh, when I have full control over everything, compliance is usually really high. And I think, uh, you know, with, with, uh, those guys, they've built that habit of knowing this is the expectation and this is what you need to do. So likewise in nutrition, you don't, you might not necessarily, or it's not ethical for you to have the full control. But the biggest thing, this biggest similarity is, Hey, do learn the system understand this is a lifestyle habit. Understand this is a, you need to fall in love with the process. You need to understand the long-term or long game associated with this whole thing is like, look, if you eat better now, you're going to feel better tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. And once you make that a habit, you don't want to get out of it. The same way with training. And I think, uh, again, the alcohol thing is probably the best example of this, that most people that have ever drank feel. And I even more so now, I don't like getting drunk because the next morning it's not worth it. First off, you make dumb decisions. (laughs) Like that's the first thing. The second thing is you wake up and you feel like crap and you don't just feel like crap for a day. You might feel like crap for two days and you're like, really was that hour of fun or peak 15 minutes tops where I felt good and I was relaxed and whatever else was that worth it for the next two days. And then you have all the effects that it has on your hormone profile and your mood. Like the mood is probably the biggest thing. Like two weeks ago my roommate and I went out and uh, I think we, I didn't drink a crazy amount, but like, I woke up the next day and I was just like, why am I so moody? Why is everything getting under my skin? Why am I so irritable? (laughs) And I'm like, oh, I drank yesterday for the first time in like weeks. Uh, You know, and it was like, this isn't worth it. This is not worth it. And I think, again, same thing's true for eating well. You realize, ah, that McDonald's tastes so good in the moment. You wake up the next day and your gut, it's like bubble guts. You feel like something crawled inside your butthole and just... (laughs) Eat your intestines! <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> How's that for an illustration? You'll never eat McDonald's again. That's vivid. Uh, is a vivid illustration. <laughs> so you know your intestines is like screaming, "Please, God, never do that again to me!" And then you're like, "I think I'm gonna go back." <laughs> like... Oh, like no you're Rome not gonna just do abusing that it every day <laughs> yeah Isaiah's gut has built up such a resiliency to the crap food that he's eating with all the preservatives and hormones built in that he's just like it's fine everything's fine my body's used not, to this <laughs> not gonna lie th-
2: this is like motivating me to eat healthier just so I can know because like I feel all right <laughs> yeah <laughs> but I want to see how I feel like with a good diet you know yeah, yeah i mean people for
0: sure i'll be curious it'll be an interesting case study yeah i mean i feel like
2: i'll be I'll have so much energy i'll be a crackhead all the time like, <laughs> yeah
1: i mean people don't really realize that like every everything that you do requires energy like everything and all the processes that go into delivering that uh energy currency require micronutrients and if you're not supplying yeah. your body with the nutrients that it needs to maximize its ability to produce energy and instill um you know Healthy uh, enzymatic processes or stuff like that. Uh, something that's super interesting if people want to look up the triage theory of health. I know Dr. Rhonda Patrick talks about it frequently. You can dive into it more offline. But um, yeah, essentially, you just have to realize that uh, I know this is an overly simplified analogy, but if you have a sports car and you take it to the uh, gas station and you fill it up with like the dirtiest oil and then you go drive it, and you're like, man, it doesn't feel the same. Like, why isn't it performing the same? It's like, well, you know, the energy that you just put into it is. Crappy for what it's made for. <laughs> and so like, yeah, if you're sitting on your couch all day and you don't do anything, you don't use your brain as much and you're just a sloth, like, okay, yeah, you might not feel that different day to day between eating healthy and unhealthy. But if you are a peak performing athlete, the difference will be noticeable. And someone mm-hmm. like you, Isaiah, who's a professional athlete, who's, you know, really looking to maximize every centimeter of vertical jump that you can eke out of your body uh, that your genetic potential will allow it just makes sense if if you know you maximize training you also want to maximize the nutrition side to the extent that you can
0: yeah and i think honestly the biggest and after this i think we'll 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 cut it there and we'll keep it short but one of the biggest deterrents i think for people has been the training people the reason isaiah wasn't into his diet is because he tried his changing his diet but because his training sucked he tried taking collagen he tried taking you know, protein. He tried taking all this creatine and stuff. But guess what? If the training wasn't in place, it just doesn't, you know what I mean? If you take a dragster and you're like, Hey, listen, we're going to like, we're going to try to take really sharp bends with this. And we're going to try to like drive it a million times a day. And we're going to try to do all the wrong things with this vehicle. It doesn't matter if you put the best fuel in it, it wasn't designed to do that. <laughs> so it's going to break down. So I think if you, You know, if you don't have that training in place, then yeah, I mean, the diet is, doesn't matter and you can mitigate some of that, right? You can mitigate some of that. You put the right oil in the dragster and you, you, uh, put the right fuel in it and you drive it a a little bit over the, over the line, you could probably get away with it because you've got better fuel in there. Uh, but if you don't have the big, again, big rocks, like Hunter says in place, it's going to be really tough to maximize everything that you can you can possibly do so for isaiah it was like f eh, freaking diet my like my knees hurt anyways it doesn't matter it's like okay well now your diet can help you now that your training is dialed in the diet part is the last missing piece like this is the thing that like yeah. has it plays a major role just but you gotta yeah. have in my opinion you gotta have both those things i think that's a big deterrent for people is like their training sucks so for them eating
1: better has done nothing or it didn't help at all but little asterisk there that's if You're purely using the diet to maximize your physical uh, potential diet in general, Mm -hmm. though, if you clean it up, will have other effects. John's not saying like, if (laughs) you're not an athlete eat like crap, that's not what he's saying. He's just saying, if you're an athlete looking to maximize your potential and you're eating super healthy, but you never go to the gym or you never like actually try to improve the skill that you're looking to accomplish the diets, you're not gonna wake up one day and be able to play the piano like Beethoven. If you're not practicing, diet's like gonna your be, diet's on
0: point.
2: Exactly. going to be like the icing on the cake, but you just, you have to have the cake yeah. there yeah.
0: first. Yeah. It's all goal specific. If your goal is to, you know, be more productive at work, then diet is going to be really important yeah. for that. <laughs> like we're yeah. talking about specifically for training. Yeah. Again, we're talking about a dragster here. I'm not talking about a supercomputer yep. or, uh, you know, something else, but anyways, yeah, we'll cut it there. Thanks for listening guys. Um, Hunter, thank you for all of your insight and Isaiah for being shameless about your very, very poor diet decisions. If you guys are looking for training, (laughs) if you guys are looking for training, make sure you guys go to thpstrength.com. We have tons of testimonials there. We have an FAQ page. There's a live chat. If you have questions that Hunter usually uses to field a lot of the questions, we are good about answering our DMS now. So we are banging on all eight cylinders in terms of trying to give you guys the best service along with the best customer service